0: On this week's episode, we jam on hyperspace and fly straight through The Last Jedi. Poe Dameron, only fit to be the commander of mansplaining? Was Luke Skywalker dead the whole time? And is The Last Jedi just a hot mess? Find out now, you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. Alright, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of 24 Flames Per Second, the podcast that roasts the films we love and the internet hates the most. Uh, Everybody welcome this week, uh, the week the release of the new Solo A Star Wars Story is coming out this Friday. We decided to uh, look just, just in the recent history... At one of uh, the movies that people love to hate the most, it seems um, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, directed by Ryan Johnson from twenty seventeen, and uh, we are very—I don't know—maybe we're excited, <laughs> uh, we're anxious to tackle um, this one this week. Um, as always, I'm your host Robert Spiewak Polhorkus, and um, thanks for thanks for listening, everybody. Um, let's uh, let's just get right into it because there's so many layers, so many characters. So so much to dig into, so many porgs. Um, as a, as a, to my, I have. I'm still learning how to do this without Will next to me. <laughs> um, to as uh, as half the time to my right, the Holdo
1: to my Leia, Kevin Connor. Hey, Robert. How's it going? Hey, good. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Um, I am cautiously uh, very optimistic for this podcast. However, I am ready at a moment's notice if violence starts <laughs> yeah. to hyperspace right through everyone's office.
0: <laughs> You've got... I mean, when you're in your house, so um, if something gets out of hand,
1: I assume you have <laughs> some kind of escape plan or... Yeah, it's escape pods that, you know, they can't be tracked and everything. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong. Um but um uh, but yeah,
0: how uh, how how are you?
1: How are I'm you good, doing? I'm good. Um uh I don't remember what I've been doing this past week. You mm. know, I choose to let the past die like uh this this movie does as well, some characters. Yes. But um yeah, I've been good, I've been good. It's you know it's sunny out, uh, new Star Wars coming out, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about solo. Um did you watch the movie this week? I did. Yeah. I did. I watched it a couple days ago for the first time since the theaters. Okay. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah.
0: I think, I think I saw it a couple times in theaters. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then watched it to prep before coming here. But it's, a, it's a long one. It is long. I, uh, what is, is it two and a half hours? I think so. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Anyways. Maybe it's too long. Maybe it's not long enough. Who knows? We're going to find out. Um, but yeah, without any without any further ado, let's get everyone else um, going here. So, starting with the roasting panel this week, uh, we have local actor, producer, and very good friend of the show, Pepper Hambrick.
2: Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Yeah. Well,
0: oh, it's a joy to have you here. And uh, next to her is film and political activist. Find her on social media, Maddie Bonhoff.
3: Maddie Bonhoff. Hey, everyone. How's it going?
0: Good. How uh, how are you?
3: Good. I, uh, I took a kickboxing class this morning, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, Kevin, good luck. Oh, <laughs> Try no. to stop me. She'll, she'll throw I'm you in five, out of yeah, your Yeah, I'm own in fighting
1: for.
0: <laughs> Great. Good. Um, but, yeah, thanks for being here. And defending this week, um, I feel like I feel like we've seen a lot of him recently this month. Uh, a good friend of ours, writer and uh, Godzilla expert. We'll see how that knowledge comes in handy this week. Ian Coleman.
4: Hey everybody. I'm uh, recording this podcast in a Praetorian guard uniform, so oh, okay. you know whatever whatever you've got to throw at me, I'm ready to take the hits. <laughs> Can't that. You know, I don't see any lightsabers here, so no one will be stabbing me through the eye today. Um, yeah, I'm prepared to take some bruises, but let's let's do it.
0: Sweet. Um, but yeah, you know how this works. Uh, we start with movie in a minute, um, and so. I waited way too long to start that stop for the episode. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving to a minute, Ian. Uh, give us the full plot synopsis, spoilers, and all in uh, 60 seconds. Can do. Are you ready? I'm ready to do it. Okay, great. I'll give you a three count and then we'll start. All right? Um, so, in three, two,
4: one, go. All right. Uh, so, following the destruction of the capital of the New Galactic Republic, the First Order... Um, launches a full-scale military assault to uh, take control of the galaxy. Um, In the midst of this, the Resistance forces evacuate from their base of operations and are confronted by a First Order fleet that can track them through hyperspace. Um, Poe Dameron, uh, commander of the Resistance forces, uh, mounts an assault to defend the fleet and as, as as a result of his reckless planning, the entire bombing squad is killed. Um, meanwhile, Finn, who was previously injured in a fight with Kylo Ren, awakens, inquiring about Rey's whereabouts. She's on the um, island planet of Acto, looking for Luke Skywalker. She finds him. He is not what she expects. He, she hands his lightsaber to him, he throws it off a cliff. Um, he's gotten all bitter and jaded as a result of his failures to restart the Jedi Order, and his nephew went all homicidal on him. And you're and, out of time. Yeah, that's the basic exposition not even close. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to this movie. There's a lot to this plot. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, no, just the uh just the bombing uh, bit was th- 30
4: seconds. Oh damn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I might have gone a little bit too detailed there. But I needed to set up that it's essentially like the set for Pose character arc so.
0: Sure. Um but yeah, so you were at Luke throws a lightsaber over his shoulder. Um and so let's um do the other nine-tenths of the movie. (laughs) Um, So, let's see. Okay. They contract them. The First Order contracts the resistance through hyperspace. So, pretty much what that sets up is um, that hyperspace is not an option for them to get away from the First Order, so they pretty much just stay as far away from them as they can to not get hit um, by any of their big laser blasts or by small fighters coming and bothering them. And so, they're just kind of like this waiting game of when is the uh, resistance going to run out of gas Um, and so that's kind of happening Poe is demoted for careless throwing away of many ships essentially um, by Leia Um, and in the first kind of as they're getting away the first attack um, Kylo Ren blows up the uh, bridge of the main ship and, well, uh, he almost
4: does, but then someone, someone else
0: blows, Well, no,
1: oh,
4: he
0: does blow it up, but then... Oh, no, there's someone else. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Um, anyways, Leia is cast out into space, and uses she uses her Force powers to suck herself back into the ship, and she's in a coma most of the movie. Okay. Um, Poe is still demoted. Admiral Holdo, who is essentially Leia's number two, is now in charge, played by Laura Dern, um, and she isn't... Uh, telling anyone what the plans are. She's just keeping it tied to her, close to her chest um, because she's a commander. She doesn't have to tell anybody anything she doesn't want to tell them. Um, okay, and so there's kind of this uh, this secondary plot of Poe and Finn and now Rose who intercepted Finn when he was trying to sneak away to get and save or get different information to Ray on the other planet um, so that she doesn't get captured when she comes back. And um, they're kind of a little buddy team. They go off to this casino planet to get a code breaker to break onto the first order ship to um, let to pretty much fuck their tracking system up so that the resistance can get away. That is their most of the movie for them. Um, okay, let's see what else um, on uh, not Kanto by Octo. Octo, that the yeah, the name of the Je- the first Jedi planet, right? Two, um, I'm getting. Warm over here. Um, uh, Ray and Luke. Uh, he ultimately starts teaching her the Jedi ways because she explains that it's important um, enough that he comes around to show her. But then he she has a predilection towards the dark side. Big surprise, surprise. Um, and so he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, and he she they fight um, after she's like having this distance force. Communes with uh, Kylo Ren, um, and er, he catches them doing doing that. They're touching hands in a hut, and somehow it's un un made not clear why that was happening or what is causing it to happen. And um, they fight, and Rey eventually abandons Luke. There, Luke is like it all has to be burnt down. He goes to burn it down. Yoda shows up. Yoda's uh, Force ghost. Um, oh, I forgot about Rey being in the cave. Hey. She goes into this dark cave and sees a bunch of herself and thinks she's going to see her parents. She doesn't see her parents. She sees herself. Okay, that's all that happens in the cave. Um, and so she pieces out with Chewbacca and the Millennium Falcon to go back and help. Um, and so Luke and Yoda have a big conversation about how Yoda's like, yeah, burn it all down. It's That stuff's not important. Um Okay, then Poe, back on the Resistance ship, is leading a mutiny um, after he finds out that Holdo's plan is to abandon ship, um, and Leia ends up stopping that, um, and they all do abandon ship as Finn and Rose are getting back to the Resistance, to the First Order ship, um, to do the Codebreaker plan. It's Benicio del Toro that Toro that springs them out of jail on Canto Bite. Um, he double times them and sells them out to the First Order. Um, and he pieces out, and there's a big fight on the bridge because as the other ships are getting away, Holdo turns his ship around and light speeds through, um, what's his face? Snoke's lead ship, and it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on a movie screen. And um, at the same time, Rey is also, she gets picked up back on that ship, and she's fighting with Kylo Ren in the throne room with this dude, um, Kylo Ren betrays Snoke and kills him and then they have a big fight against all the guards and it's a fight and then um, he tries to make the play for her to like for them together to be like forget the past the past is bad let's make our own whole new thing and she's like no and so she um, gets
4: back how, how did I forget how did she get back to the resistance ships? that's no. a
2: really good question
0: She gets... <laughs> I
4: think Chewie picks her up in the Falcon Okay, great. we don't see it Great, good. Okay. That's why what what happens. Happens? she's on
0: the Millennium Falcon later, um, <laughs> and so that's all happened. and then they're um, the res- the Resistance ships. What's left of them after most of them getting blown up, make it to this planet that they're headed to, that has um, a Resistance base on it, um, and there's this kind of this big big final fight on this planet. The First Order comes down with a bunch of AT AT walkers. Um, and they're all—they're backed. Everyone's backed in a corner. They can't get out of this cave. There's a big blast shield, and there's this kind of final fight between all these little tiny skiffs that are falling apart, and the Resistance thing. The Millennium Falcon comes in, draws all the fighters away, um, and they're able to try to stop this final gun, but they don't. And then, as they're on their final—the first Resistance on their final push into approach the building, um, Luke Skywalker shows up, and he walks out, and everyone's like, "What?" And uh, he has this final showdown with uh, Kylo Ren. Uh, and then it turns out he was astral projecting himself there the whole time. And then he dies on the other planet where he was the whole time. Um, then that buys them the resistance enough time to get away. They get all get away in the Millennium Falcon. And then uh, the, Resi- uh, the First Order comes in and is like, ah, we lost him. And that's the end of the movie. And I did it. And that took like almost 10
1: minutes. I think we're out of time for the podcast. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, is a toughie
0: yeah a lot of, happens in this movie been amazed it's if you would have done that no
4: not possible
0: there are just several plot lines anyways um okay ian to belabor to not belabor the point anymore you get your opening statements why do you like the last jedi go
4: okay um i really love this movie i to me it really represents like the fulfillment of the promise of like a new generation of star wars movies i was super excited when it was announced there were going to be more of them um, The Force Awakens came out and I really enjoy it as a movie and I find it really fun and watchable, but I have major issues with the storytelling in that film. I feel like, you know, constantly throughout watching it, I get the sense that like these things happen that feel like they should matter, but they feel like they don't. Um, I feel like it rushes through a lot of like storytelling build up to get to like the good stuff quote unquote quicker, and I feel like I really liked the way this movie was built up and paced, I liked that it was this movie that allowed the characters time to reflect and reflect and breathe and learn things. And it really gave us time to get into their mindsets. And I just felt like, you know, where The Force Awakens kind of gave you like a really fun fix of nostalgia. This movie told a real story. It, you know, it deepened the characters um, from episode seven. It challenged what you would expect from a Star Wars movie in a way that I think is really, um. Good and refreshing and enriching. It allowed like these, you know, kind of sacred elements of Star Wars to kind of be um, played with. Like it's 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 essentially like Ryan Johnson. Like he had access to the toy box and he wasn't afraid to break some of the toys. And I really admire that, mm. you know, as a piece of storytelling. So yeah, that's why I like the movie.
0: Okay, great. Um, let's start with. Um, I know we had some notes about just kind of the plot of the movie and that was something that you were talking about. Um, and just kind of I don't know, the the, the, the not the expectations of what the movie would be, but just like what we got, you know. Does that sound like a good mm-hmm. spot? Whoever whoever wants to go
3: first. Yeah, I think um, you know, going off on what Ian opened with, I think Ryan Johnson is to be um commended for him shaking up the movie and i hope that because of this um the next one will be so radically different because he's taking off this direction um but to use the analogy of a toy box i think he broke too many toys mm-hmm. i think he broke all the toys uh, and i think i had a real issue with how um i think he's his own worst enemy that in the times in which he subverts expectations some of it's really amazing like when ray and kylo ren team up instead of fighting that's amazing. When Luke shows up and he's, um, he's not actually there. That's amazing. Um, however, sometimes in which he subverts expectations, it takes you off on such a, um, on a tangent, it's almost frustrating to watch. So like Leia coming back was frustrating to watch. Um, Luke throwing his lightsaber, and being generally so kind of nonchalant about the whole thing was sometimes frustrating to watch. So to me, it sometimes felt like they had, um, like the bases were loaded and you strike out every time. And sometimes you just want to watch a home run, right? Like sometimes <laughs> you just want to watch something positive happen. I guess that's the, so So I liked, you know, I liked Rayna having parents and I liked them teaming up and all that. But I think... He broke too many toys, where it started being like, okay, can we like save some for the other kids, you know?
0: Um,
2: for me, it's it's about um, the continuity and sort of justification for the breakage. Um, I, I don't need it to be a slave to the previous movies. Um, I like a lot of the ways in which it deviates. I love that Ray's parents aren't important to the story. Um, I actually really love depressed, lonely Luke. Um, I'm really into. Like where he is on his journey. I just don't feel that anything in the movie justified his being there at that moment. Um, I don't feel that, I mean, Ian said that we learn a lot more about the characters, but I feel like they almost backslid in order for Ryan to tell his version of how these characters are. Like, Finn, I think, has already learned about what it is to join a thing. I don't know that he needs to go off on his own again to learn that again. Um, Luke, I feel, has already learned through the course of the first like four, five, and six, that the Jedi Order is dead and should not come back in the way that it originally was. I don't know why it's such a revelation that the way the Jedi were in the Old Order is a bad way to go. I'm not sure why he needs to learn you know that particular lesson. Um, and then Poe's lesson, honestly, like, I understand why Holdo doesn't tell anyone the plan. I understand why that all goes down. I understand both sides of it. But honestly, in the end, it feels mostly like a convenient plot point. All of that happens because the plot needed her not to tell what was happening. So in the end, she causes a mutiny. And she caused that to happen. I understand the justification for it. But to me, it feels like an external plot thing Um you know, grafted onto it um, so that I feel that a lot of the points are are good points to make. And mm-hmm. I feel that the film really struggles to make them cleanly and concretely.
4: Hmm. I, I think that I disagree with you on the uh, characters backsliding. If anything, I, I, I feel like it builds on the steps that they took at the end of Force Awakens. And it's like, like with Finn in particular, like he begins that movie, you know, wanting to run away and save his own skin. And his ultimate character growth throughout that movie is he learns to stick his neck out for the people close to him. Like he sticks his neck, he sticks his neck out to go help Ray, who's like his close personal friend. And when he begins the movie, he's clearly still in that place where he's, you know, he's willing to jump ship to save her. Um, but where he's not, at least at the beginning of this movie, is he's not willing to, stick his neck out for a greater cause beyond just the people he immediately cares about. Um, and I feel like that, that, that point is like reinforced really consistently, like especially through the character of a DJ played by Benicio Totoro who kind of serves as a foil. Who's this, this, um, this character who will switch sides kind of depending on what's most convenient for him. And I think he offers a counterpoint to that mindset where he, you know, will look out for himself and, um, to you know jump ship when it's convenient for him and ultimately what's reinforced in that storyline is that if you are in that mindset you are essentially siding with the bad guys even if you don't mean to Um, and i feel like that's a really powerful message especially in this day and age where you know we have like this you know monstrous reality gross tv star man as our president partially because of you know voter apathy people just kind of deciding i'm not going to pick a side you know, I'm just gonna, you know, do what feels best for me, and then bad things happen as a result of that. Um, Ray kind of, she starts off in this place where she's wanting to go back to what she's comfortable with. She learns at the end of episode seven that there is a greater destiny awaiting her, but at the beginning of this movie, she's not really sure what her place is in that greater destiny, and she is spending the movie essentially reflecting and trying to get this answer from Luke, like, where am I in this whole big conflict and what is my role in this? And I feel like she does come to another a, a character growth beyond that where she finds out that these things that she was looking for wasn't really what she needed to find and she um, ultimately comes to this place of realizing like, yeah, like, you know, it doesn't matter where I came from. What matters is the choices that I make and she, you know, makes the choice and lives a life at the end of that movie that reflects that growth. So I feel like there was a deepening of the characters. Mm, Maddie?
3: I agree there was a deepening of Ray and Kylo Ren's character. I think that this movie was Ray's movie, and I don't really have much to roast on her, or Kylo Ren. I love how he subverted expectations by having them kind of sexy flirt over the, um, I don't know, the inner webs, the, the void. Force web. I, yeah, the force, force web, web. Exactly. Um, so I think um, that everything he did by her, he did right.
0: Including Where, removing his shirt. Yeah, at an so, important so right. Time. Um,
3: <laughs> what didn't work for me was, was frankly the other characters that he was trying to tell a story with them, but ultimately because of the choices he kept making to go down a path that you didn't expect, it just made all those characters go in like a loop-de-loo around themselves. So like, you know he goes like oh finn's gonna you know we have to get finn away from ray which makes sense right you don't want them together so she can grow but then he like takes him off into this thing and then like dj subverts the expectation of oh he's actually bad and then oh it actually like they knew all the time about the ships and like all of that and then like it just you know it felt like the other characters were stalling until ray could learn what she needed to learn and come back to them so you know, I was left kind of struggling with what is Finn doing at all? Because he kind of just went around in a big circle that didn't really need to happen. What is Leia doing? She's literally in a coma right now to kind of allow for Holdo to come out. Poe to me was the bad guy, um, in this movie. And so I think this movie was, was Ray and Kylo Ren's movie, but then the other 75% of it, they were all just kind of spinning in circles and they didn't really have anything to anchor it to. Cause you're kind of left wondering like what is Poe's conflict and Finn's conflict and Leia's conflict? Because like Kylo Ren's kind of distracted. General Hux isn't a great villain. DJ's an okay villain. And then you kind of just have Poe, I guess being the real villain really and his mansplaining and all that. So <laughs> that was my frustration there was that, I like Ray's story deepened. I don't know how the other ones did.
2: I I do think that that Ray's story does come at the cost of some of the other um, moments and characters. I mean, specifically, and I I mean, okay, like full disclosure, Luke is one of my favorite characters of all time. My complaint about this movie is not that he wasn't a badass or that he wasn't the Luke that we remember or the Luke from the novels. I am completely okay with like he. utterly failed when you know ben solo turned to the dark side i can understand him needing to take the time and to go off by himself what i don't understand completely is his stance that anyone is beyond compassion or beyond reaching i could understand it you could have thrown away a line with well i thought he couldn't be reached but it turns out he can't be reached by me maybe you can But no, he goes, no, you should never have contact with this guy. And it's really hard for me to have a character who is defined by his ability to love without any rational reason behind it to to lose that. Mm. Um, And and we do have, and now Mark Hamill has um, come out and regretted the fact that he made this public, but (laughs) we do have evidence that Ryan Johnson was not writing to character. He was writing specifically, I needed Luke to do this because I needed this to happen to Ray it wasn't about what these characters would logically do. So that I struggle with that a little bit. And I struggle too with, you mentioned the broken toys, Maddie. Um, I'm okay with, obviously every once in a while you have to throw something new into the universe, but I really felt that like the way that Snoke's powers work, the way that Yoda's force ghost powers work, the way that um, Luke's powers work, the way that um, Rey is able to do a lot more than anyone ever has without any training, I feel that you Lay can up, ju-
3: through spoilers. Yeah, I
2: feel that like you can justify all of those things with, it's the force. We don't really understand it. But there were a few too many of them that felt like it wasn't playing by the same rules as the rest of the universe. And again, I understand that you have to like tweak things a little bit to make it your own and to make it exciting and, and to keep us interested. But there were a little there's a little too much rule breaking, I think, um, for me to fully believe in it. So I felt it was it was a little off balance. Mm.
4: I don't know. I feel like I feel like there was a justification for Rey's like you know, prodigy use of the force powers. I mean, Snoke essentially justifies that with like, oh, Kylo, you're super. You know, you're like unnaturally strong in the force, so naturally, you know, there would be this counterbalancing force to counterbalance you, which I admit is like kind of a really loose explanation, but like you know Star Wars is not d and d like it's ultimately <laughs> about like a you know it's like the, the force is this vaguely defined mystical energy, and it can pretty much i feel like it can be molded to sort of fit the themes of what the movie's trying to say and I feel like um I don't know the ways that it was used didn't feel so much like they were breaking things as they were deepening them. And I really liked that the movie kind of reestablishes the Force as like this actual mystical thing, whereas like, that was kind of lost in the prequels with the midichlorians and the, you know, sort of like, you know, boring world building and lore of those movies. Um, Mm -hmm. And then that was kind of like more, we got more of that with The Force Awakens, but it didn't stray much farther beyond, like I can lift people and throw things. And I like that this movie really takes the time to dive into the Force as, like, this this really, like, mysterious, mystical power that has, like, its roots in life and can't really be defined. And, like, that's built into the text of the movie, so I can accept these sort of, like, you know, surprising little turns with the Force, and I feel like that's supportive.
2: So I okay, what is the movie trying to say because I feel like there is a clear there is a message that I feel I understand they're trying to make, but I feel that that message gets subverted by other elements of the film. So I'm curious what Ian you think this film is about What is the message of the film?
4: Well I, th- I think the message of the film is about failure and I feel like you know Yoda pretty much sums it up like right there in that exchange with Luke that, you know, people screw up and sometimes you can't do anything about it, no matter how hard you try, you can, you know, mount the best plans, you can assemble the best forces, but sometimes the enemy just has like a, you know, they're, they're a jump ahead of you and you can't really do anything about that. You can't plan for everything and sometimes you're a human being and you're a flawed person and you make mistakes. Um, Like, what I really like about the way that this, this movie portrays characters like Poe and Luke is it allows them to be, like, understandable. Like, Poe's plan with the dreadnought, you can understand why that failed and why it was a bad idea, but you can also get into his head and understand, okay, I understand why this makes sense as a strategy decision. Like, these characters are acting from a place where they're doing what they think is, you know, the best choice, even if it's not. And ultimately, when you screw up, you have to learn and reflect from that, and you know pass on your knowledge to the next generation, so they don't repeat your mistakes. So yeah, it's about failure and learning from it.
3: I agree that this movie is about failure. Um, i not meant to be like, yeah, I'm not trying to be um snarky. Um, that was an inappropriate pause, but I think that the characters. Um, Yes, it left room for them to have redemption at the end, but I don't think that the characters I wanted to see redeemed, they had an incomplete redemption. I think that Luke starts out, you know, he's jaded, he's cynical, he is throwing away his lightsaber, he's over the force. And then by the end of it, he does come back, but I feel like his, the moment that he was living in the most regret about was his interactions with his apprentice it's not about it shouldn't be about Rey he hardly knows Rey it should be about Kylo Ren and his moment at the end with Kylo Ren was way too cynical for my taste like he's brushing the dust off his shoulders and he's basically being like I'm sorry you felt you had to turn to the dark side I would have I wanted to see him own up to the responsibility not take it all because you know, Kylo Ren failed him too, and I agree with Ray saying that, but he was so cynical at the end of just like, whatever Kylo Ren, I would've liked to see an apology. Doesn't mean you take all the responsibility, but it means that Luke is understanding his part to play in this. And then I think I think the same thing with Poe. I think that they took him kind of down this path of like, arrogant, brash, he has to learn how to rein that back in to be the commander that the third movie is gonna need him to be. Hmm. But still at the end, I feel like I watched a whole movie where he like, mansplained and bickered with all his female commanders. He disobeyed orders, his rash decisions. Really everyone in the movie who's dead is dead because of Poe. Um, and then at the end, instead of him learning anything or him saying outright something or really having any sort of moment of, of comprehension, it's the, still the women in the movie who say, oh, he's going to be a great commander someday. And I'm like... I didn't see any reason to believe he's going to be a great commander. I just saw his character kind of being taken down a dark rabbit hole. So I feel like for me, I did see, I did see that failure. And I think it's important to show that characters we love can fail or, or even need to be redeemed. But I didn't see any hope for their redemption. And for Luke it's he's, you know, his story's over, um, unless he forced ghosts in the next one. So, yeah, I feel like for me, I needed to see some glimmer of hope that, these, that I would even want these characters to be redeemed, and I'm not sure, and especially in the case of Poe, that I I care for his redemption.
2: Yeah, I I agree that um, I would have liked to see something different from uh, Luke's final confrontation with Kylo Ren um, along the lines of of that compassion coming out again, at, at least because since Luke seems to know this is his sort of final act, right? And that and that brings me to like my my larger point about the message of the film, I do agree, it's about failure. But wrapped up in that is the failure of individuals and the failure of legends versus um, the lesson of working together. Um, Rose teaches that lesson to Finn in a way. Um, and then there's lip service paid to you can't rely on the legend of the Jedi. You can't rely on um, this sort of god coming in and, and saving you. You can't rely on on the individual hero. And yet, at the end, you have Rey coming in with Force abilities that we haven't seen before. You have Luke coming in with Force abilities we haven't seen before. We have Poe being sort of given um, command by default. You know, at the end Leia's like, yep, he he gets to take over. And I feel that all of these characters, in the end, get to kind of have their cake and eat it too. If the message is about Um, not relying on on legend and hero, and yet the end of the film only happens because you have individual heroes able to do things, extraordinary things that aren't explained, I feel that really weakens and muddies that message
4: for me. I don't think the film really presents it as a binary choice of one or the other, because, I mean, ultimately in life, that's kind of what it is, you know, like we have you know, when it comes to civil rights, like we have our people who we can point to as like our heroes and they inspire us. We've got like our Martin Luther Kings, but, you know, ultimately the challenge of forwarding that cause is it falls to like the, you know, not acknowledged, you know, many men and women who are working, you know, without that same level of recognition to further that cause. And so I feel like in life, you you need both, like you need the You need the heroes, you need the mysticism to inspire people to that action where they're willing to um, throw themselves into this cause. And I feel like, you know, that message is enforced with what happens to Luke at the end of the movie. Like, I feel like it does support the theme that, yeah, like, you know, the true sort of heroism comes true heroism is a a team effort. But, you know, there is also a place for that, um, that the myth making of the hero who inspires people. And we see that with the way that Luke shows up at the end and the way that that legend of his final stand on crate is passed along to the galaxy. And we see that through the kid, he's playing with the toys. He's playing that game with his friends, retelling the story of Luke's final stand. And what we kind of see hinted at is that this kid is gonna become one of the people who is gonna like rally behind the cause because he was inspired by that act of heroism. So I feel like the movie says we need both and I agree with it.
3: I think that the characters at the end did heroic things, but they did easy things. I don't, I think in terms of the movie and the plot, it is quote unquote heroic because like Luke saved the day, Poe saved the day, like they saved the day, but I don't think they saved themselves. And I don't think they do what would have been necessary for them to do a heroic thing. I think what is heroic about Luke is, you know, at the end of Return of the Jedi, he doesn't go defeat the second Death Star as he did in the first one, that he realizes that um, being a hero doesn't mean, you know, shoot, getting the last shot at the end and getting the parade. Being a hero means, you know, leaving that fight and leaving that glory to try to, you know, to essentially go on a suicide mission to try to bring a man back. Um, And with Poe, and then in the end of this one, Luke, the heroic thing would have been to face his mistakes of the past and face Kylo Ren in a way that was vulnerable. And he did not face Kylo Ren in a way that was vulnerable. He faced Kylo Ren in a way that was like, my force powers are stronger than your force powers and Mm -hmm. I'm going to save the day. And then same thing with Poe. What made Poe heroic in the last one was that he was this brilliant pilot who was so humble and was so like willing to lift other people up and then in this one he spent the whole movie doing everything for himself essentially for a lot of selfish reasons and still at the end of the day gets to be the hero the vulnerable thing for him the heroic thing for him would have been to look at that part of himself that was like arrogant and wanting it for himself and acknowledging that he had made those mistakes like those mistakes of not trusting leadership um and instead of thinking it was all about him and and learning his her what would have made it heroic was him learning how to take outside counsel (laughs) other than his own and he doesn't but they still both get to be the hero at the end of the day because they saved the day
4: Hmm. i feel like within that final interaction between him and kylo ren like he does apologize it's there in the dialogue he says i failed you ben i'm sorry um i i do agree that he doesn't really he doesn't open up in the same way that he did with Vader, um, but what I do kind of find, what I, what I do think is a little bit more nuanced about the way that confrontation happens is that, you know, he's, he's, um, he's presenting himself as an illusion, and he, he never actually, he taunts Kylo, but he doesn't rise up to attack him. He essentially, like, you know, opens the pathway for him to react, and essentially just reacts to Kylo's movements when he charges at him and when he's trying to hit him. Like he never raises the lightsaber in a gesture of offense. Like he's essentially kind of gauging what Kylo will do and what ultimately is shown is that, you know, even though Kylo Ren is a complex human being, he's ultimately giving himself over to this place of rage. And even though I feel like his, um, his final sort of philosophy on why he's doing what he's doing, you know, killing the past. I feel like that's the right decision, but I feel like he's coming at it from the wrong place. And we see that, you know, demonstrated in the movie. And I feel like what Luke was doing was essentially kind of opening the path to test that. And ultimately that's what he saw. Like he was attacking him from this place of rage. He shoots him with a billion laser beams, even when he doesn't need to. Like, I feel like a state of mind is pretty clear from that gesture.
2: I'm not sure it's a fair test, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we know that Kylo Ren is, like, you know, an angry rage monster, right? <laughs> like, there is pretty much no other way he's going to react to seeing the uncle who he feels betrayed him holding a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the last time he saw him, he was standing yeah. over him holding a lightsaber. Like, there's really no other way to read that for Kylo Ren in that mindset. Mm-hmm. So, I, I... I agree that um, you know it is it is interesting that Luke um, doesn't you know raise his lightsaber in offense. Now he wouldn't have been able to fight either, so that's part of it. Um, but I'm not sure that that really sort of closes the circle for me with with Luke's story. Um, and again, I'm coming from a Luke-centric point of view, which I, I realize that that is not the point of this film. The point of this film is to give it over to the new generation, and I get that. I just really wanted some closure. Um, for his his arc, and again, it's not that he failed. That's not what I'm complaining about. It's it's how he responds to and and um, kind of closes out that failure and how he addresses it. And I'm I'm just not satisfied um, with how that whole that whole thing played out.
3: Right, like Luke gave Kylo Ren no reason to believe anything would be different right. about this encounter. No chance not even a chance to kind of walk away from it. Um, I think I'm not exactly sure what Luke learned at the end of the movie because, you know, him coming out as a last stand is fine and all, but but to Luke, that his sacrifice is his death, but he had already made that sacrifice years ago by going to a remote planet to die there, essentially. Like, so I'm not sure, like, what lesson... Luke is supposed to learn at the end. And Ian, do you have any thoughts about that?
4: Well, I feel like he comes to this place where, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he's lost his faith in the Jedi as an institution, and he's lost his faith in himself as a person who can be of any help. Um, And I feel like what he kind of comes to recognize at the end of the movie is that like, yes, while the Jedi are a flawed institution, the hope that they symbolize is important for you know carrying the cause of justice forward and he he learns to kind of um you know look past his the nihilism that he begins the movie with and he kind of learns the importance of jumping back into the cause and why you know it's even in spite of the fact that he ultimately turned out to be a failure of a jedi master and the jedi were kind of a failure of it as an institution the Hope that it symbolizes is kind of more important than the actual thing itself. So he learns to believe again.
2: I Man, that'll make sense to me, and and I I respect that. But I think this whole conversation is just reminding me how this movie just feels like an unfinished mess. There's it's too long. There's too many plot points. Ryan Johnson basically takes a bunch of stuff from The Force Awakens and literally ignores it in order to introduce new things that he then. Also doesn't quite explain. So I just feel that there could have been a lot of tightening up. Um, there could have been uh, a lot less ambiguity to these messages. And I don't need things like spoon fed or, or whatever. But whenever I bring up any of these points with other people who are really familiar with canon, the answer is, oh, but that was in the novels. And I shouldn't <laughs> have to read the novel mm. to understand the character motivation in the film, you know. And um, I think that there, I think that there could have been. I think all of these things could have remained, all of those points that all of us are making or could have remained, and it, but it could have been tighter and neater, and I feel like the movie could have had a better flow, and um, you wouldn't have lost any of those things that you love about it. I just wish that um, maybe more time had been spent kind of making it all fit together better.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that kind of loops back around to about this idea about Ryan Johnson is that I think he did set out to have us ask a lot of questions and he really succeeded. Um, but sometimes, yeah, like, and I think it's good to ask questions of the movie because hopefully some will be resolved in the next movie. It's good to get, it's good to have a film where people don't just watch. kind of like how you watch force awakens and you end it and you're like, I feel like I really know what happened in that movie almost too much. Right. Cause it was such a, um, an un kind of an unoriginal um story however yeah some of the questions he asked it's it's yeah it's unclear where it's going to go um I don't think necessarily some all that's his fault considering you know with Carrie Fisher but you know like she flows like she flies back in the door and no one blinks twice that Carrie like that Princess Leia is like knocking on the door you know like the spacecraft they just like let her in and they're like all right like let's like clean her up you know that was rough Um, and then yeah same with Luke it's like he came out and he, he sacrificed himself but yeah just some of that kind of maybe emotion and heart was taken away from the movie in exchange for this movie is about failure and it is about people making mistakes because I feel like I almost feel like Mark Hamill played a more emotional Luke than Luke did if that makes sense like I feel like I've seen I've seen Mark Hamill cry more than maybe I would have wanted to see Luke cry in the film or take some responsibility um, for what happened so so yeah so I think um, he gets us to ask a lot of questions and some I don't think he ever intends to answer um, clearly not because the movie's over so
0: hmm. instead of letting you respond to that, I'm gonna say we have to unmask okay. because we're running. We're running out of time, oh. and there. And we're gonna talk more about this on the post show, everybody. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah those was, was. Those are you're, all wonderful points. You're speechless, speechless Kevin. Kevin. I. This went way better than I ever would have thought. <laughs> Um, but uh, actually, yeah, I'll start with uh, we'll start with Ian then in our unmasking. How do you how do you really feel about the uh, the Last Jedi, buddy?
4: Uh, I I still really love it. Um, <laughs> you guys raised some really valid points with the um, Luke Kylo Ren thing. I feel like what's missing kind of in this new trilogy is more development on that kind of interim period between episodes um, six and seven, like especially with in regards to the new Jedi order that Luke tried to found in his relationship with um, young Ben Solo, which we never really, which I would have liked to have seen more time to devoted to having that fleshed out. And ultimately what we get is like, we, there's a story that we can kind of fill in the blanks, but I feel like also a lot's missing um, from that. And I feel like that kind of, um, you know, takes a little bit of like weight away from those interactions. And I feel like there's more of a story kind of behind why he's talking to him that way like does he feel like you know this he really believed in this kid and this kid really let him down hard and so he's like super pissed at him um like what is this what's the basis for him acting so callous for him i also like a lot of the criticisms that people bring up about this movie don't really bother me. Like, I feel like I'm the one person that I talk to who's not egregiously bothered by the Canto bite sequence. I really don't hate it. Um, But the one kind of common criticism that I do agree with is that I feel like the justification for Holdo to not reveal her plan to um, the rest of the resistance is pretty weak. Like there's a line dedicated to it, something about like hope and sons. Um, But it, it, it feels like kind of like, like a band-aid kind of over a wound um, just kind of weak Um, but I still love this movie I love the way that it broadens what Star Wars can be I love the way that it challenges audiences to like ask questions and I love that like for the first time in a long time I feel like Star Wars is fresh again like it Essentially blows the door wide open for this story to go anywhere and that's just like such a refreshing thing And they did that at the yeah. end of the movie yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like I feel like this movie didn't give me what I wanted but like no Star Wars movie growing up as a kid it didn't give me what I wanted it gave me what I didn't know I wanted and um, Like the original trilogy and I feel like that move this movie brought that feeling back for me And it just felt <laughs> so awesome to experience that again. So I love it. Great Maddie.
3: Uh, I actually really like this movie. Um, Surprise, surprise. I think this movie is much, much greater than the sum of its parts. Because when I start pulling the parts apart, it makes me very angry. Um, And I think that for me, the parts like Ray and Kylo Ren and how it was shot and like the hyperspace scene and Admiral Holdo and all of that. like lift the the movie up so high for me um, amidst kind of some of my issues um, with Luke or with Poe, a lot of issues with Poe. So I think, yes, yeah, for me, I did walk out going like, man, I like that movie, but that was a, it was a hot mess for me. I was (laughs) like, that movie was a hot mess. Um,
2: Pepper. Yeah, I, I don't hate this movie, but I've actually been like consciously working for the past several months to not hate it like i need to like it because of i have a very strong attachment to luke skywalker so it's very hard for me to walk out of it and be like wow that did not give me anything i wanted about my favorite character in the world um so it's been that sounds really dramatic and i realize it's just a movie but it's been kind of rough for me so I don't feel like I should have to do this much work to redeem the character for myself, but I am doing that work. So I don't, I don't hate the film, but I do have a lot of regrets about how it went. They're not the regrets that I've been reading people online having. Like yeah. when I read people like, like all the arguments about like this is why people hate this movie and why they shouldn't. I'm like, no, that's not why I hate the movie. I have totally <laughs> other reasons. Um, but I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I just disagreed with a lot of it. Um, sure. So that's kind of where I am with that. Also, mm-hmm. they should have freed the children, not just the animals on Canto Bite. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. huh. like, the slave children don't bother <laughs>
3: anyone. Let's
2: free the horses. Okay. Anyway.
0: Kevin,
1: I I really really enjoyed this movie. It was It was really refreshing in, in a franchise. You know, as much as I love it, kind of felt like it was chasing its own tail mm-hmm. for for the better part of the last a lot a lot of movies. Um, I don't think this movie's perfect at all there there are several points that i feel like are out of place both as a star wars movie but also just in like its own world that it's set up um but i think that there are so many iconic sequences and so many things that like ian was saying that open the door in, in in this franchise that i think it's it's really worth it and frankly for me i don't i don't see i understand a lot of the criticism and i and i do share certain um Critiques of the movie, I don't see them absent in the either the original trilogy or the other movies. Uh-huh. I think they're I think they're there and through the the whole franchise. Yeah. So uh, I think you can critique a lot of the things with Last Jedi or Force Awakens. You critique the uh, mm-hmm. other movies Some in the series. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. Um, I think I love this movie, <laughs> um, and that's because uh, I I think that. Uh, I think right now, kind of, the, the world, the movie-going audiences are struggling with this, like, separating, like, nostalgia from, like, actually really liking things, um, and I think that what this movie did was really challenge that, and it was, like, took, like, I don't know, I think that, they, that Ryan Johnson was a really good person to bring in to shake up a mm-hmm. franchise, because he's mostly known for, like, fairly original approaches to the movies that he's made and so I think that like he was, comes in he was like he was like alright we're doing high risk high reward who's with me yeah, right. and they I don't know mm-hmm. and I think that I think that that's why we see this being one of the most like maybe one of the most like divisive movies ever you know where it's an mm-hmm. easy one for people on the internet to dump on or to just to complain about in threads about something not Star Wars related at all I was like well at least we're not talking about last jedi right now which was sucked and i don't know i think that that's that's the kind of thing that's hard for me to stomach As like one a fan of star wars two um a fan of not stupid people and i don't know i think that it's uh i don't know it's i'm i i like it I, i like it a lot um and i don't know we're gonna talk more about it on the post show the extended play post show um before we get to um, telling you how you can get access to that and a bunch of other stuff, um, Pepper has something that's coming up soon here in Seattle that um, she gets to plug that is also Star Wars related.
2: Yes, it is Star Wars related. Um, My theater company, Hello Earth Productions, is performing uh, New Hope in the Park, part of our Wars Outdoors series that will be running 7 p.m. Uh every weekend in August. So I realize oh, that's okay. a little ways away. Yeah. But it's Saturdays and Sundays in August in Blanche Libeso Park and you can find us at Hello Earth Productions on Facebook.
0: Nice. Yeah, no, you should you've been posting like we're still months out, but we've we, already been yeah. posting like little But we've tease started things we started rehearsal. It. Yeah.
2: Um and it's a really exciting cast and uh, surprise, surprise, I'm playing Luke Skywalker.
0: Mm. Will you have never mind. No. It's, it's a new <laughs> it's a new hope. You won't it's have a, new a beard. Hope. <laughs>
2: Not yet, no, I'm with that. (laughs)
0: um but yeah great i don't know i'm very excited for it so um hopefully everybody goes and sees it thanks um and so yeah um other than that um i mentioned our extended play which we're about to record and there's a bunch of other fun stuff over on our patreon that you can get access to by joining at the i mean it starts at two dollars um and with that you get normal episodes a day early um, and it steps up from there, but there's a lot of fun stuff like our hot takes and our drink alongs that um, you can get into uh, just by um, checking it out over, which is on patreoncom 24flamespod. Sorry, I had a big brain fart in the middle of saying that <laughs> URL. Um, and then for everything else, that uh, including um, you know just jokes, fun stuff, and you know every every episode every week, um, you can find us on every social media. Twenty Four Flames Pod, practically every social media. The, the big ones. The ones that count. Um, the ones that influence elections and things like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you have thoughts about The Last Jedi uh, and you really, really want to email them to us, um, email email us at 24flamespod <laughs> so at dangerous. email.com. I'm, I'm opening You're a, inviting a can, can of worms. Yeah. Um, I just got done complaining about you. Please don't email me. Um, and um also um wherever you get your podcasts if you can subscribe and rate us whether that's stitcher or apple podcasts um because more people find the show when you do that and it gives us feedback and ways to make the show better which we take definitely take into account um and other than that everybody thank you this is one of the episodes i was the most excited about and it did not disappoint uh and so yeah let's um take a we're going to take a quick break and then do the extended play, everybody, wherever you're listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, go listen to the extended play. Give us some money and go do that. Um, but, yeah, everybody, thank you for being here. Kevin in your house um, and Pepper and Maddie and Ian. And um, we'll catch you all next week for The Little Mermaid as we kick off. Uh, the month of June 2018, in our final home stretch towards the end of our first season. Um, and so, yeah, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye! Bye! Bye.
3: Party fish Media!